It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Happy Friday. Happy Ferg Friday. Zach Blackerby here with you, joined by the one and only Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Good. Thanks for slumming it over here with us today. <laughs> um, stopping by Feinbaum earlier in the week. But uh, uh, this is the real guest appearance oh, you're yeah. excited about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like the Feinbaum producer texts me and he's like, hey, you want to come on? And it's like, all right. And he's like, would you would you like to do FaceTime or, or phone? And like the... <laughs> Yeah, the I, I'm so bad at like appearing on camera because the last time I did it for Fine Bomb, I knew I was looking like I was like looked super nervous and I could never keep my like focus straight. And uh-huh. he was like, "Oh yeah, we're doing phone this time, so 100. <laughs> percent You are gonna just get me in an audio only format, so nice. Yeah, y'all will y'all will appreciate this today. At least this is not a video podcast. That's funny. That's funny. Jaws, we're gonna uh, we're gonna bring Jaws, former intern Jaws, out of the corner today. How are you? I'm glad to be out. I'm so happy to be able to talk. Yeah, it's cramped up over there. Yeah, yeah no, I'm glad you're uh, glad you're here. Justin, we're playing a game today. All right. I didn't tell you this. Nope, I know nothing about this. Um, but we're gonna play overrated or underrated. Oh boy. I'm gonna read you a thing, and okay. we're we're gonna let Jaws answer to out of his corner. Um, and I just want you to tell me if the hype surrounding whatever I say, it's all Auburn football related. If you believe it's overrated or underrated. All right. Let's do it. Simple enough? Yeah. That work? Yeah. All right. Devin Barrett moving to running back. Is that overrated or is that underrated? Underrated. I don't think it's being talked about enough um, because depth is so key at the running back position. Um, and Auburn was down to two scholarship guys and yeah. Tank Bigsby and Sean Shavers. You need three at least. Um, Devin Barrett, you know, he was just caught behind a bunch of people when the last time he was a running back. He was a good running back. He was a good running back in high school. It's just that experience should translate over. I think it's a much more needed spot for him. I mean, I don't think he's going to come in and you know necessarily run for a thousand yards next year, but to have that third option uh, would be pretty key. And, and and what I'm also interested in is you know Tank Bigsby and um, Sean Shivers, you know, not necessarily known for catching the ball out of the backfield a ton. Barrett did more of that when he was a running back he did that a lot in high school he's sure. played, he's played corner he's got some kind of natural receiver ability to well him. he came in for his patented um the swing pass yes he yeah. was he, he was, was so good at that he was he was harold joiner before harold joiner and so <laughs> yeah. um i think given that kind of weapon you know he, he he could be very helpful in that in that regard and maybe even a third down guy um if, if you need him to be Former intern Jaws? Yeah, I'd agree simply because of depth. I would say it's a very underrated move. All right, Justin, to Darian Moultrie or TD Moultrie, moving to middle linebacker. Mm. Is that overrated or is it underrated? So I think it's I think it's slightly overrated yeah. just because there's so much depth at linebacker, mm-hmm. right? And, and, like, I don't know how they're going to put all the pieces together. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Like, I don't know how they're going to put it all together on the defensive line. Linebacker, moving back to linebacker could be really, really good for him. But also, like, he's at a position group that's got Jacoby McClain, Owen Papo. Um, Chan- yeah, yeah. yeah, Chandler Wooten's back in. Cam Riley finished strong last season. There's a, there, there's a ton of depth at linebacker. 
And like, do I think TD Moultrie has the natural ability to come in and and, and pop there? Sure. Yeah. But like, he's got a lot to lot to compete against um, at that linebacker group. So I'm, I'm I don't know how much how much of an impact that's going to make on the defense next season, just because um, you know he's got he's got a long long uh, you know road to road to climb basically. Jaws. I was I, yeah yeah I would agree. I feel like Auburn has two or three different guys that they could put there. So I don't really care who they find to put in that middle linebacker spot. Uh, in, in, in a 3-4, so I feel like it's a little bit overrated. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a good or a bad thing. I'm no. just like, all right. I mean, e- even us here, like, we hyped it up. Like, it's been, yeah. it's, it's been hyped up. Right, no, for sure. And and I think it's I think it's a better fit for him than, you know, edge rusher I agree. Know, right now. And, and I feel like if Auburn was in this kind of system, you know, when he came in, he's probably he probably stays a linebacker. That was his natural position in high school. He's really good at it, mm-hmm. but – not really necessarily that 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 base four two five you know Kevin Steele style linebacker wouldn't have been a great fit for him makes it ma- makes more sense for him right now it's just to be a matter of like where he carves out a role at all right both of you mentioned the three four so overrated or underrated Auburn's defense switching to the three four overrated Ooh. because I agree. spicy because. We don't know if it's going to be a three-four. Could be a four-three. Could be could be a multiple. Could be anything. Yeah. I mean, Derek Mason is very clear in his past stops. You know him as a three-four guy. Even Auburn's press release announcing his hire said he created the you know the Stanford three-four defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he ran a four-man front a lot at Vanderbilt. I think some of that was because of the type of players they had there, and that you kind of had to make the most of it. It's going to be a tough transition, and I think they could do some of everything. You go back and watch some of those Vanderbilt games. They'd be three down on one play, two down on the next play, four down, one down, zero down. Like they did, they did a bunch of different stuff moving around. And I think what you, I think a better fit for this system is like, hey, you're gonna have at least five or six defensive backs on the field on every single play, and then everyone else is gonna be kind of like in this wide up front. Mm-hmm. And like you, some people can drop back, some people can blitz. Your, your defensive tackle is probably gonna all your tackle is probably always gonna be, you know, you're not gonna drop those guys back in coverage, but everybody else can blitz, everybody else can cover, and that's that's gonna be kind of the thing, and it's gonna look like a lot of different things, I think. Yeah, Belichick called that a prowl, where he'd have like Vince Wilfork down with his hand on the ground, but everybody else would be standing up. There was a um, Dave Aranda when he was at Wisconsin. He kind of pioneered this defense that was really really cool um, at, at Wisconsin, where they would have zero down linemen. They would just, I mean, they would stand everybody up walk them around and like teams did not know how to handle it at the start because it was like I mean, can you imagine Auburn's offensive line trying to block that yeah it, it's <laughs> tough it's I mean it was tough for really good Big Ten offensive linemen to kind of sit back and diagnose and like oh you got to make where, decisions without being able to talk to people right like that's tough yeah it, it, it is really really tough and so I think you're going to get some of that inventiveness. Maybe not a zero-down look, but like some of that invent- inventiveness is going to be out there. So, Jaws, you think switching to the 3-4, that, the hype around that's overrated? Right, because I feel like it's not just going to be the 3-4. I feel like it's going to be a lot of different things. But whenever they do switch to a three-man front, I'm really concerned that Auburn's not going to be able to stop the run game. We saw it this year, and I feel like Auburn's a little undersized at that position. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know if uh, a lot of people agree with me on that, but I just feel like Auburn may have a difficult time stopping the run next year. Sure. You're listening to Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest, easiest, and best way to bet on all your sports action. Sure, football's over, but the NBA and college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. And speaking of swinging, uh, the MLB and college baseball will be back before you know it. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV 
and real updated uh, odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And live betting is is where you can. Uh, I mean, this is the place to go. You know, you watch the first half of a game and you got a feeling of you know where the second half is going to go. Head over to betonline.ag and live bet that thing. Make you some money. And when you sign up at betonline.ag, use promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N, no spaces, Locked On, to get a fifty uh, percent welcome bonus to your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get zero percent APR for 84 months, or up to thirty-three hundred dollars off select compact tractors. See the details at kubotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right. Overrated, underrated, Jay Ferg. Um, let's go with Bo Nix. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, You're like, I didn't sign up for this, yeah, man. Don't this put one, me on the spot. This, one, this one's <laughs> tough because I think it depends on who you ask. Because I, I think the, dep- the opinions on Bo Nix... I mean, they're split within the Auburn fan base. You're right. Is he is he is he good? Is he bad? Is he what? My thing is for Bo Nix is like if you have the opinion that Bo Nix is a talented quarterback who's just very inconsistent and has had you know a hard time kind of locking in. That's the perfect rating. So anywhere above or below that, whatever <laughs> you think, oh he's awesome. Oh he's terrible. No, right now he has had his good moments and he's had his bad moments. Consistency is going to be the big thing with him because my thing I've always told people about Bo Nix is that. Every game, pretty much every game he's played at Auburn, you watch the film, there's about 10 or 15 plays each game where you're like, that dude was a five-star. That's why that's he's got it. It's just got to happen a little bit more often. So, I mean, it's a cop-out. I, I think, honestly, it's just how you feel about it. I think, you know, some people overrate him and some people underrate him inside this fan base. Um, I think very few people have just like, hey, this is, this is who he is at this point. Sure. Jaws, you got an opinion on that? Yeah, I feel like Nix is incredibly inconsistent, so it's kind of really it's really difficult to kind of pin him down I accurately. It. I feel like it's just a subjective opinion uh, in the Auburn fan base. I'm gonna say, considering he takes so much flack, I'm gonna say that he's a little under underrated, just given I, the I, plays I, that we've been able to see, just the natural ability. I, I like that lean. I really do like that lean because I think there some of the stats that he's put up are not all on him. Right. Yeah, I wrote a story on Thursday about like pass protection, how much important, how important that was for him. Because I don't know if y'all know this, but at the Super Bowl, if you can't <laughs> block anybody, you can be Patrick Mahomes and still have a really hard time getting anything going. I love that we got to see Bo Nix be compared to Pat Mahomes. Oh yeah, yeah, it's great. It was nice to see. Not yeah, for Bo's, the reasons you'd want, but it was nice to see. I I want to see if Bo has a throw this year where he's like completely parallel to the ground where he let when he lets it go like like Mahomes did. Two of the most impressive incompletions I've ever seen. Yeah, and should have been catches. Yes. Should both of them should have been catches. One of them for sure. The one in the corner of the end zone yeah, where he just kind of threw it up. It's like, nah, that would have been tough. Yeah. But the the one on like fourth and five or whatever when he was like hit him in the head. I mean, how did he do that? I mean, he lets go of the ball. He's completely flat. To the ground, like he is, he is like throwing it like a like a like a baseball player, like getting getting torn up on a double play. And, and obviously, it's an extreme example, but we've seen moments where like Bo Nix is running around and he just throws it to the sideline, and like somebody would catch it. And yeah. It's like okay, he's got the arm talent. It's just like 
you know, can he control it? Can you bring it all home? But every now and then we see those moments. And oh, yeah. It's like, yes, give me more of that. There would be a few times last season, even in games he struggled, he'd have a third down throw and it's a dot and you're like, ah, there it is. Like there, there's the there's right. the five star quarterback. It's just got to be consistency. And why is it not consistent? Who knows? Like it could be part scheme, it could be part of his offense line, it could be his receivers, it could be him. I think it's some of all of the above, and it's on it's on Auburn to kind of fix that. Yeah, the offensive reset with coordinators, with scheme, with talent that he's going to be throwing to. I think it's going to be good. No, no, no shade against Gus Malzahn and what he's done as an offensive coach, because I'm of the opinion that when Gus Malzahn's offense worked, it really, really worked, and it was hard to stop for anybody. You're now bringing in a head coach and an offensive coordinator, though, that are quarterback guys. Like Ooh. both of those guys played the position at the college level. They played it really well. They spent a lot of their careers developing the, that, that position. All right, let's do a overrated or underrated Auburn's defensive line going into next year. Um, I think there's so much worry about that group that I think they're a little bit underrated I because agree. they, they yeah. got some they got some playmakers up there. Like I'm I'm very curious. I don't know where all the pieces are going to fit. But I really like Derek Hall, and I really like Colby Wooden. I think you can build around those two guys really, really well. Um, I think getting a guy like uh, Eku Leota mm-hmm. um, is going to be helpful for your edge rushing, um, which is a position that, which is a group that's had a hard time the last few years. They've got talent. There's a lot of depth up there. It's just like, how are they going to put it all together? I mean, you gotta you gotta go back and look. Like if you just take raw recruiting talent on that defensive line, there is still a ton of it. And oh yeah, Auburn's. You know, two best signees, two or, two or three, two of the th- top three, I believe, of their top signees from this past class were both defensive tackles. Like they're continuing to bring in talent up front. Yeah, Lee Hunter is gonna he's gonna play this year. I, I, Lee Hunter, Lee Hunter looks like I mean, he he looks like a guy that can kind of do a lot of different things for you, especially if you're switching up this front. This front, I mean, he's so disruptive. You look at his high school um, stats. You know, when he played, uh, a guy that just really really gets after it in the backfield and. You put pair those with guys like Wooden and, and Hall that have have already shown a pretty good ability to get get after people in the backfield at an SEC level. You're gonna, I think there's a lot of potential there. Jaws, you got any thoughts on that? Overrated, yeah. underrated? Yeah, I expressed my uh, concerns about the defensive line earlier in the podcast, but I would say they are a little bit underrated just based off of how underhyped I have them in my own mind. I would say that they're probably better than what I think they are. So you okay, know, we'll see what we'll see what and, happens. And you're not alone because I think this this defense has the pieces to be really 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 good next season um it's just going to come down to how much can they get after the pass rusher especially on third downs and how that defensive line like you said holds up against the running because the the linebackers in the secondary should be should be pretty strong all right let's go to the other side of the line of scrimmage auburn's offensive line (laughs) okay so all right you're like i didn't sign up for this yeah this one this (laughs) one i come in every week to help you out what are you doing (laughs) this one's this one's interesting because experience matters a ton on the offensive line we've been told that for forever but also talent matters on the offensive line right. Auburn has not recruited high level talent on the offensive line it's kind of shown um one of the things that I found really interesting in my story that I read on Thursday is that when Brandon Council went down Auburn's offensive line was never the same again right. from a pass protection standpoint this is a Brandon Council podcast by it the way it should be He's, yeah. he was a really good player I mean him you look at all the grades or whatever is him and Tayshawn Manning that were your kind of consistent guys now Brodair Sam getting hurt you know that, that kind of affected that for a little bit but um I don't know man like I think there's a notion that since they're just older, they're going to be better next season, and I would push back on that. I would push back on that just because, um, you know, th- there's a lot of stuff on the offensive line where talent means a ton. I mean, you look at 
the championship contenders that have awesome offenses, they put a ton of blue chip talent on their offensive line. Look at Alabama. They just won every award an offensive line could win. Mac Jones is not a particularly awesome quarterback, but he put up better numbers than Tua. I mean, this dude's not even expected to go in the top 10 of the draft, and he put up these ridiculous numbers because everybody knew that he had all day to throw the ball when yeah. he was back there. And so that's that's really key. So, I mean, slightly, ever so slightly overrated. Just, and I'm just only saying to push back on the notion that just because this group is older doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be a lot better. But it's still early, and like I, I would expect to see some transfers up there. I would expect to see a different kind of way way of going about business with this offensive change and, and how Will Friend coaches. Jaws? Yeah, I'd probably lean over like, rated just a little bit, but I kind of want to just can, – can I get a push on this one? Because I, I don't really feel either way. I just feel like the offensive line is just a little subpar, and sure. that's just the way it is. And there's you, say, a, you say they're properly rated? Yeah. And there's enough people in this fan base that are like, oh, the offensive line is such a mess right now that they're never going to be – you know, well, there's no I think way that's to, a big chunk oh, right. of the fan base. Yeah. And that's why right. my answer to, to this is actually I think they're slightly underrated okay. because I don't and, and think I understand that. Yeah. And largely due to injury. I think if this whole t- even if you don't change out any of the personnel, I think they get better. And mm-hmm. also with with the scheme and I think what Harson's going to do, I think it's going to help them out just because I think it's going to be less predictable of what they're going to be doing. And yeah. so I think that's going to help them to some extent. I think they're going to run better passing patterns, and it's going to help Bo Nix out. I think he's going to like actually take the snap with a plan, and so I, I think it's going to be easier to block for a guy like that. I think this new coaching staff is going to make it easier to block for Nix also because I think they're going to keep him in the pocket more. I think there's going to be a lot of factors that help this offensive line get better from last year to this year. So I'm saying they're underrated. And, and, and one thing I would I would say if I wanted to – you know, lean on your on your side. This offensive line. I mean, I know a lot of it was Tank Bigsby last season, but this offensive line. You look at them statistically, w- was better at um, run blocking than their counterparts from a year earlier. Yeah. That experienced group. They're going to run the ball. They're going to try to do it. They're going to let you know Bigsby eat in a lot of different ways because you've got so much, so many question marks of who's going to step up a wide receiver and all that, and, and how much better Bo Nix is going to be. You just know that this offense is better when Tank Bigsby's running the ball, and I think this offensive line plays better when they get a block for it. You're listening to Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You've heard me talk about this before. I'm going to say it again. I mean, with the ever-increasing numbers of uh, makes and models, it's impossible for all these chain storefronts to have all the parts available for your car, truck, or your SUV. So they're they're probably going to do the same thing that you could do. They're just going to order it, and they're going to order it from a place where they're limited to just a few brands based on who their company currently has deals with. RockAuto.com, you can pull it up in your phone's uh, internet browser or you know your, your, your computer at home. doesn't matter where it is. RockAuto.com, you're going to be able to pull it up from anywhere, and you're going to be able to get any product that you want at a significantly lower price. RockAuto.com, they've been in business for over 20 years. They're fantastic. And they really take care of their folks. RockAuto.com. Head over there right now. See all the parts available for your car, your truck, or your SUV. Right, Locked on Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That's at RockAuto.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. 
your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I got a few more, Jay Ferg, but before we jump into that, what's going on at the Auburn Observer and how can folks sign up for it? Yeah, a lot of basketball going on right now, obviously, with with, with Auburn Hoops uh, heading into the stretch run of the SEC season. Um, but, you know, got some football stuff. Uh, earlier in the week, I, I wrote a story about how, um, you know, Auburn's football facility um, is not a guarantee that they're going to be better at recruiting. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions about investing in facilities that, oh, don't in all, say that, in all of college football. So you can check out and check that out. And that's not just me saying that. There's, there's research, there's numbers in there um, from people a lot smarter than me that that, uh-huh. that, that put it out there. Uh, and then the story I mentioned earlier on Thursday about um, – about Bonix and, and and pass protection and how, how much that that's important. Um, Friday mailbag as always. Uh, a couple of podcasts a week as well. AuburnObserver.com, six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year. Sign up there and uh, it all gets emailed straight into your inbox. Yeah, worth every penny. AuburnObserver.com, overrated or underrated. AuburnObserver.com definitely underrated. Check <laughs> I it out. You were like, I thought you, I thought you were asking me that. And I'm like, oh, uh. <laughs> depends um, on who you talk to. The Auburn tight end position. That, oh. I think as Auburn football fans' uh, favorite position to discuss. Yes. So do you think it's overrated or underrated? Underrated just because I think there's some, like, I'll believe it when I see it when they start throwing the ball. But, like, they started throwing the ball a little bit more. I, th- I think the revolution was coming. I think you had to see how they were recruiting and with the way Chad Morris uses tight ends in the past, like, if – this is the same staff in 2021. I think they throw the ball a lot more to those guys. There's just so much talent there. Yeah. And you are at a you're with an offensive coordinator and a head coach now that use a lot of tight ends in, in what they do. They are they'll put two of them on the field sometimes. They'll put three of them on the field at the same time, and they've got the bodies to do it. And I like their potential. I think all of them play a pretty good role. Well, I'd be interested to see how they kind of expand their games. Um, but. When you talk about being inventive with your personnel, tight end positions where you get a lot of that creativity in modern football, and I think Auburn's got it. Jaws? Heavily underrated still because of all the talent that they have. They've got okay. like six or seven guys that they could play, and if uh, Grant Calicatera, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, from Oklahoma would have stayed, we that might be the best tight end position group in the country. Like, oh, it, would been, it would have been deep, yeah. It would have been a very deep group. I, 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 the only one I would think or you would you would say could be better would probably be Iowa just because Iowa always has, yeah. has really <laughs> yeah, good tight ends. That's the default answer. Yeah, right. but, I mean, yeah, the amount of depth there, especially at a position group that's kind of fading out unless unless you have a guy like Kyle Pitts who is basically just a glorified large receiver that can do a lot of different things. He's a cheat code. Yeah, he's he's going to be – he's really, really good, and I think that's where the group is moving in the future. And the newest uh, New England Patriot in a few months. That would be nice. 15 overall, it's happening. That'd be nice. Yeah. All right. Last one, um, Kobe Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, let's say underrated. I'll go underrated with that's, that. That's the correct answer. Yeah, that is that is the that is the correct answer. No, I, I like Kobe Hudson a lot. Um, I think he's got some of that. You know, kind of with some of these other guys, Auburn's got like like Tavares Dawson. Uh, these, these former quarterbacks who moved to wide receiver, they've had a good track record at Auburn. Um, you know. I think he's got a lot of really good athletic uh, talent talent to him. I think they're going to have to rely on him. The fact that he got a decent amount of snaps last season, even if he didn't get a ton of catch. I mean, like it's him and Capers, and with the way that uh, Elijah Canyon finished the season, like those are the guys you kind of want to build around for the future. Hudson's a talented player. He's got a lot of upside to him, and I think there's a lot where he could kind of be like 
what we thought Matthew Hill was going to be coming out of coming out of high school. Sure. Um, so we'll see. Are there any other adjectives you would put uh, with Kobe Hudson? I wouldn't, but I, I know I know there are All some right. others out there. What about you, there. Jaws? You know, I think this whole uh, receiver uh, group is underrated. So I think Kobe's definitely going to find himself this year. I think he's going to have a breakout season. He's too natural not to. There it let's is. Just, there let's it keep is. it real. Let's keep it real. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see who all steps up at that receiver group. Because, like, Capers is an easy one. Hudson's an easy one. Canyon with how he played in the bowl game is an easy one. But, like, you know, what about a guy like Javarius Johnson? If he can stay healthy is, is a big one. Malcolm Johnson Jr. can fly. Um, you know, how do any of these freshmen step up and, and play right away? And I also, I mean, it hasn't been a group that, that uh, they've talked about a ton um, in, terms of tra- in terms of the transfer portal because there's so much depth there and so much youth there. But, like, if Auburn could find an experienced pass catcher in the portal – yeah. Would be willing to go. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a run just to find a leader out there. What about this? Overrated under or underrated? Elijah Canyon's bowl performance. Overrated. I don't think he's going to be that consistent. I don't I mean, think he can. Yeah, I mean, I it's. It, you don't it, think he can, Yin? <laughs> it, it depends. It depends because it's a new staff, right? Like it's a new yeah. staff. Like it's not necessarily indicative of what he's going to do in the future there's gonna be a lot of competition at the position so right. i wouldn't like if he comes out next year and he's not a top guy i wouldn't you know i wouldn't say i'm surprised or wouldn't say oh they're under underutilizing him it's just yeah i mean it's a different thing he he had to step up in a spot where it's like oh some of your best receivers aren't on the field we got to do something with it and he did it props to him and bo nicks gave him a chance to so that was nice to see one more time, what's uh, what all is going on at um, at auburnobserver.com and how folks can be a part of it? Auburn football and Auburn basketball analysis pretty much every day. Uh, you get a story or a podcast of some kind. We have a podcast, a free one on Sundays, where we recap usually the Saturday Auburn basketball game these days and talk about what's going on. Um, you know, with, with the football program, you can find that wherever you listen to your podcast or you can uh, sign up at auburnobserver.com and get the emails. You get that, you get a bunch of stories, uh, you also get a premium podcast that we release on Wednesdays or Thursdays. I'm a little behind on y'all's podcast, but I should be catching up over the weekend. But hey. there's one called um, Painter versus the NCAA. Yeah, that, and was, that really, was Wednesdays. I'm really intrigued by that. Painter got fired up. He got fired up. I love it we when he talking. gets fired up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He got he got pretty heated about the NCAA, and uh, he should. They, they, uh, they suck. Yeah, they're terrible. Yep. Uh, Jaws? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Intern Jaws. Love it. Intern Jaws. Intern talk. Jaws. There it is. People know where to find you. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackberry. Show on Twitter at uh, Locked On Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back on Monday right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.